0: Now for a few moments this morning I want to turn with you back to the portion of scripture that we read there in John chapter 1 and to read down at verse 45 where we read that Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile or deceit. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? How do you know me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. We talk very often about discoveries That we make ourselves or other people make and there are eureka points in in life when great discoveries are made. But here in the scripture is the greatest discovery of all. That any sinner in this world can make and that is to discover that they themselves are sinners and that Jesus Christ is the only saviour. Now that might not be palatable to some of us, but that is the facts of scripture. And that is the word of God. We see down through the chapter there how, how confused their, their minds were. And if we had lived in that time as well, we would also be confused. We are surrounded today by books, and we are surrounded by the New Testament and the old, they all didn't have the New Testament. And because of that within the court they knew Moses and they knew about these things but they knew nothing, very little about this one. Although all the signs pointed from the, the Old Testament into the New Testament of the fulfilment of the great prophecy uh, from the very beginning that Jesus Christ was going to come. But they were very impatient in his coming because they, they weren't really, they were exercising their own minds and their understanding of what this coming really was. And that is why we find them, they're, they're questioning John the Baptist here. They're asking him, who are you? Or in other words, who do you think you are? And, and John it says that he's not, he's not the Messiah, he said. He's not anywhere near it, but he said, what I am, he says, I am, uh, as Paul said, by the grace of God, I am, he said, a, a voice calling in the wilderness, prepare for the one who is coming. And that one that is coming is the Christ, the one who was in their midst there, and we, he said, the world knew him not. But he said, as many as received him, to them gave he the right or the power to be the children of God. And these are people who were not born of the, of the blood, my friend, of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, and nor of the will of man, but of God, but of God. And this is the one that they confess here, that they have found. John said, Behold the Lamb of God, he said. Don't behold me. Don't look to me, John says. Luke he says, above me, to the Lamb of God, he said, who takes away the Son, the sins of the world. This is the one who was promised, and he that he would come. And I'm not worthy, he says, of un, un, undoing or, or doing his sandals, he says. I, and that was the most menial of tasks that anybody could have. The servant who tied their sandals and tied the shoes or whatever it was. But now these same people are making this great discovery of who Jesus Christ really is. And that is the discovery that you and I and all need to know. It's not couched in theology, it's not couched in quick questions or snap questions, it's just asking them straightly, who are you looking for here this morning? Are you looking for, for the, the, to tick a box or are you here with a mission to be right with God, to find out who this Jesus Christ really is? And that is the answer to the big question in the world and throughout the whole world is a lack of knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. And that is what everybody who is a true Christian professes, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But he had to go through multiple ways of showing them that. And that is why we see here That when Jesus here finds Philip, he said. He findeth Philip. Now that might sound strange because usually people go around saying that they found Jesus. And we know what they mean, you see. We know what our own language and our own understanding of these things as if it was we have found Jesus. That's not what he's saying here. He said, Jesus found Philip, and Jesus found Nathanael, and he knew all about Nathanael. They didn't have to come and tell him anything regarding that. And this, this is why that the, we see that the, the true Christian, friend, we need to learn that the prerogative is always God's. The first point of, 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 of when this work begins in your life, the first stages of it is from God. This is before the world was, before eternity was. I knew you, he said. And that is why it is so important that our faith is founded upon the word of God upon the truth of God, not what man says, but what God is saying to us here that he found Philip. He found Philip. And by that by that it is makes all the difference. That is why it is eternally he's eternally found. No amount of, of doubt he said made him wafer concerning the promises of God. That's what Abraham said was said about it. No amount of doubt. And that doesn't do away with doubt, my friend, that we know these things. It actually brings the doubts in, more so than locks them out. And that is here, the Holy Spirit my friend, is sovereign in its work. And it's sovereign, and that's why we must pray for the Holy Spirit before we try to do anything In God's name, in Christ's name. For he has told us, without me, he said, you can't do nothing. You can do nothing. You can do a lot of harm. You can talk all day. But without me, nothing is going to happen, he said. And that is why it is important that he has this place in our lives. Christ spoke directly with him and said, Jesus, find Philip. And he goes on from that one to another, and, and through all the, the different circumstances and providential ways that God works through, so as to bring a soul from darkness to light. You might not think that there is darkness in you today, here. You might think that you're quite good, you're quite sufficient. And nothing bothers you regarding these things, providing as long as you are in the church here. But let me tell you, you need more than the church, my friend. You need more than the church. You need to be a Christian. You need to be in Christ, my friend. That is the important thing, not being in church. That's important. All these things are fine in their own place. But we need to be closer to God than that. And because of that Jesus said I am the door." he said if any man enter he shall be saved he said. He shall be saved. Diversities of operations by way of the saving of souls thousands and ten thousands of God's chariots as he pleases to to deal with us here. But as J.C. Ryle said Many, many years ago, he said that all true Christians are led by one spirit, are washed in one blood, serve one Lord, lean upon one Saviour, believe one truth, and walk by one general rule. And that puts it very succinctly all that is in a Christian. Led by one spirit washed in one blood serve one Lord lean upon one Savior and one truth and walk by one general rule. It's not walking as we want ourselves, to do everything we want ourselves, or anything like that. No, that is discipline in this life. And that is why we find it here. He put a new song in my mouth. My God, he said, to magnify. Not to magnify myself. Not to magnify the company, the people, or whatever. But to magnify God. And that's how we must leave this place today. Have I magnified God? Have I praised God? Have I, have God know that the praise comes from my heart to see him? And that is the same man who comes here and findeth Nathanael. He he finds Nathanael and he says, An Israelite in whom there is no guide. And Nathaniel, before that, had said, well, can any good thing come out of Nazareth, he said. Surely that's not a man without guile, is it? Guile is the old way of saying deceit. Was that not prejudiced, what he said there? How can he say no good can come out of Nazareth? But that's what he said. And Jesus says, that Nathaniel is one man without deceit. He is exactly what he is on the inside. That's how God sees it. God sees the, our inside. Man looks on the outside. We're happy providing everything is fine on the outside. But God searches the heart. And that is the worrying thing for us all. He said he was an honest man. He was sincere. He was a child of Abraham also. A Jew without duplicity. Nothing. Because he expected the promised Messiah. Promised Messiah. And that was very much the exception at that time. When Christ came into this world, The world had not known such darkness as it had at that time. But so little witnesses in the world when he burst into the world in the incarnation. And we need to worry about that in our own lives, in our own land and in our country, that we we are slowly diminishing, the light is diminishing in our midst, A lot of Christian friends have left this world and left it as a darker place because of that. And then the the powers of darkness come in. Try to extinguish the light. But he said, that is something that has been going on from the beginning of time. That the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Couldn't comprehended. But they couldn't extinguish it. That's why you're on safe ground today in Christ. That nothing can extinguish the light of God, that God has lit up in your heart, it's himself it's himself that's within you. Christ in us he said, the hope of glory. And what do we think about that? And a man He was a very straight man. He was a man who was expecting that. And this man didn't expect this uh, reply when Jesus said that to him. He said, in other words, here is a man, I can work on this man. I can work in his life. Here is a woman, I can work in his life. The woman at the well of Samaria. I can work on this person. Because she wasn't saying, Christ said, I've come, he says, the sick, he says, have no need of a doctor. But those who are ill, he said, they need the doctor. They need the doctor. And that is why he said, I can work on Nathaniel. I can get him to say what I want him to say. He was a a seeker, my friend. Nathaniel was a seeker. And I wonder if you are a seeker here this morning. Are you a secret seeker? Well, you wouldn't be or you wouldn't be here. You might be in in your home wishing and hoping and whatnot. But this is a seeking here for a Savior so that you might know what true freedom really is. When you look out at the world there, And all the young people, not all the young people, but a lot of the young people, there's so much that's packed into their lives. And day school, and night school, and after school, or whatever it is, there has to be something always happening so that the children haven't a hope of hearing anything in the gospel. And that is how the world operates, that's how Satan operates, to keep us Keep us busy so that we don't stop to think of the, the eternal issues, the things that make for our peace. And this is him, my friend. This is this man here. This is his position. He stretches the gospel hand out by grace to him. He said to him, You come and see. You come and see if this is right. If if I am who I say I am, is that not his name? I am that I am. But there's Nathaniel's predicament also, he says. How do you know me? He said. How do you know me? Well, we sang there at the beginning that God is the searcher and the seeker. Of, a, of every secret thought in our heart. Here this morning, your heart is wide open to God. Wide open. With all the good things and the bad things in our life. And we're all a mixture of both. And that is why Saul, in, a, in his uh, uh, zeal for the gospel, his own type of gospel, sent went with a book with the letters to, to Damascus that day my friend, without a thought about Christ but to kill all the Christians, all those who were standing on Christ's side. He was to annihilate them out of outside because they were standing in his way of religion, his way of thinking. And there are many like that today my friend, who have their own thought on what, what being a Christian is. But that won't stand you on that day. It won't stand you. He had to fall on the ground there. In his full flight, he had to fall down and say, Lord, who art thou, Lord? Who art thou? See, he knew immediately who it was. And this is what Christ wants you to know here. And the scripture wants you to know who Jesus Christ is. That he is the Son of God. And until you know who Jesus Christ is, you will not be able to know what Jesus Christ is able to do in your own personal life. Not in somebody else's life. Not in somebody else's life. Because that's very often how we measure ourselves against other people. And I'm better than this person. We're, We're all sinners, my friend. We're all sinners. And we all need to know this. Who Jesus Christ is that I might know what is, and confess that there is nothing he is un- unable to do. Nothing. Not just to, to change your life here today, but the, every person out there, even in the gutters of the land wherein he is able to do that, because he has all power in heaven and upon earth. Christ was saying I know you I know you Jesus saw him coming he saw and that word saw has a very important meaning it's not the same as seeing with the eye he saw it coming he saw him coming and may you be here today maybe and you're just yourself you think that's, as far as I find myself that's fine well you need more than that I need more than that. I need more than that. Everybody needs more than that. And that is why we feel so strongly about salvation and atonement and all these things. Is yes. We want the best for everybody. Not a second best. Not a pseudo-Christianity. Not a sectish Christianity. We want the real thing. And he said, do you know who I am? He said. But John said to him, the Lamb of God is it that takes away the sin of the world. Does it amaze you that God knows everything about you? Behind before thou hast been said, and laid on me thy hand, this knowledge is too, it's too high to understand. My friend. We fall short of God. But when the truth hooks you, it searches you you may try to shake it off but this is an eternal calling it's an effectual calling and anything that's effectual comes with, with the, all the power of God behind it and you have to submit to this passion Nathaniel had no knowledge of this. He, he, he didn't, certainly didn't think he would be submitting to God or to any person at that time. But how little of God's power changes the life, the life, the life, changes the life. Totally, totally. Don't be looking at at what it has done in somebody else's life that you find fault in that person. But you look at it, I man. What is possible to do in your own life? That's how the devil immediately diverts the system onto somebody else. But that's not your concern or my concern in the deepest sense. Our concern is that we are shortly going to leave time here and we are to head up to the face at the judgment seat of God. And Christ, what do you think of him? What do you think of Christ? He said, what do you think? Who do you say? That I am. Well, Christ's perception then says. or oh, he said. Before Philip called you. Under the fig tree there. He says I knew you. I saw you. Before Philip opened his mouth. He said I saw you. There is nothing God doesn't see. As I said before. And this is a stunner for this man. It practically stuns him. He thought that nobody knew. This is the arrow that pierced his heart. And that's what we need. The scripture to go forth as an arrow. Full of this Holy Spirit into our hearts. So that our hearts are enlarged. And we can accommodate more of the scriptures and of the truth. Well there was one thing that happened under the, the fig tree there. It says Nathaniel knew what it was. Nobody else knew what it was. And that is a picture, friend, of our, our own selves. That there might be a secret sin lying there in us, barring the door, the door my friend, behind, and keeping it from opening up to Christ. A lot of speculation as to what this was. My friend. Was it some secret sin? Was it a vow that he had given one time? When he was not well, and remember when you're not well you think of a lot of things and then he about something to the Lord that if the Lord would only loosen him from this situation he would be there but after we we get on our feet we don't have any much word about. But God remembers all our vows that we have made. And this was also the way that some of the Jews, how they worshipped. Uh, silently under the fig tree, they read the, the Old Testament. And God had taken note of all these things. And just like David, when the man came to him and told him about the ewe and how cruelly he had been treated, <coughs> and he said, Oh, I'm going to kill that. Oh, he said, But you are the man, he said. It went home right into his heart. That art the man. It's personal my dear friend. It is personal. That is why we need to deal with God. On a one to one basis. He knows our victory. Even. He knows all our secrets. He knows our morality. or otherwise, Our Christianity. And our Phariseeism. As well. So I pray that. This becomes an issue that the Spirit of the Lord would convict you and then lead you to convert you of your sins but you say but I I don't yes everybody sins everybody everybody sins we have original sin in us my dear friend before we, we, we begin our own sinning in this world. And that is why we need this forgiveness. Because if you leave this world the way you are, if you are not in Christ today, there is no instrument in the grave. There's no instrument there to turn you this way or that way. As a tree falls, there it must lie. Lie there, my Doesn't matter about the eulogy. Doesn't matter about the tribe that goes out from a people? Makes no difference to God, says. He said, Do you know my son? He said. That's what I'm interested in. Nothing else. And that's Nathaniel's profession, my friend. He professes the word, he said, the Son of God. See how quickly everything happened to him. Coming from there over here. And now he knows that this is the Christ. And that's the whole reason that we have the scriptures here. To undo and unblock our own prejudices and all our own presuppositions and what not. And see it in the light of scripture. Who Jesus Christ is. And he says to us, follow me. He didn't say follow that person or the other person they're like sheep like that we're easily led astray and we go down this way and that way but he said follow me that's what we have to do this course correction every so often to make sure that we are where we ought to be follow me he says and do you know of anybody that Christ has given the wrong directions to never never follow me he said means follow me home Follow me wholly in this life. Wholly in this world. And that's not an easy thing. Although he said he wasn't without guile. He didn't say he was without sin. Not at all. And that's what had to be dealt with. And that was taken away. When he recognised who Christ is. Amazing how simple it is. And yet how complex it is, how difficult it is for us because the prerogative is God's. When God comes, starts knocking on the door of your heart there, he wants submission, That he wants you to open that door. That is the sovereignty of God and that is the responsibility of man. And somebody asks Bertrand, how do you reconcile these two?" He said to them, "I never reconcile friends." He said, "You don't need to reconcile friends. It's enemies that need to be reconciled. His sins were taken away, and that is why he is the bridge between heaven and earth here, and there is to be none other, no other. Time here for us is a breathing space between." To eternities, my friend. To eternities. And by that, it doesn't depend on our, on, even on our knowledge of the Bible. Our knowledge of it, That might be a stumbling block. That might be keeping the door shut. Because we have set conditions before God on how he is to open the door. And he says, open it. Come and see. He said for yourself. Come and see a prayer meeting here every week. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it's all about. For people to come and see for themselves. Don't leave it to somebody else to judge it for you. Or to think that you know better than God. You don't, and I don't. Make, it, make sure that your eternity is an endless hope. Not a hopeless end, and the difference between them is Jesus, Jesus, and that would give us all joy in our hearts, my friend, in the midst of all the sorrow, all the pain, all the anguish, and all the other things that come and go in our life together. But we can say, Thou art Christ, the Son of the Living God, in His eternity. Blessed are you, John, because flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father, who is in heaven. And that seals it all for us on this morning. Jesus Christ of Nazareth here is passing by. He's passing by here today. He'll be passing by here tonight also. And he might be knocking at your door, at your victory, to see whether you are what you say that you are. You're as clean inside as it is outside. May God bless to us those few moments together around this world. And may it be a means of encouraging us A means of strengthening us. A means of upholding us. A means of keeping us going. Along the way. In the midst of everything. That that life throws at us. And throw it at you. If you want the world to throw something at you. You be a Christian. And you'll know exactly. The meaning of these words. If you want a challenge. Then you follow Christ. That's the biggest challenge in our world today, and will always be. But it has a great end to be with God forever. We can sing Psalm 23 and things like that, but that doesn't mean a thing unless we know what we are saying, that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 37, at verse 3. Set thou thy thrust upon the Lord, and be thou doing good, and so thou in the land shalt dwell, and verily have food. Delight thyself in God, he'll give thine heart's desire to thee, thy way to God commit. Him thrust it bring to pass shall he, and like unto the light he shall thy righteousness display, and he thy judgments shall bring forth like noontide of the day. Rest in the Lord and patiently wait for him. Do not fret for him who, prospering in his way, success in sin doth get. Ostersus to God's praise, set thou thy trust upon the Lord. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest upon you and abide with you now and evermore.